run towards the pain of your customer. So what is the biggest thing that you can take off their plate? In the early days, you have a number of key theses around that. Solving those problems oftentimes in ways that don't scale is the fastest way to start growing your company quickly. Hey, welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, former founder and VC. I now work at Zendesk for Startups where we offer six months free use of Zendesk for qualified high growth companies. This week, I got to interview Matt Watson, founder of Origin. They've raised over $72 million from top VCs like General Catalyst, Founders Fund, and Abstract Ventures. They prioritized the pain and kept taking things off the customer's plate. They didn't move away from each step of the funnel of their business from acquiring a prospect, converting a customer, and retaining and expanding that customer. The more I interview founders who've made it to that $100 million level, the pattern is clear. They do the unsexy things. And me as a former founder, I took my eye off the ball too soon and tried to focus on cool things like fundraising, hiring, and a lot more. But these founders are just like a dog in a bone. In the funnel, where are things broken right now? Go focus on that. Do the unsexy sexy things, talk to all the customers, do the things you're like, I can't believe I'm doing my, this with my time. Why am I going this deep? Once you figure it out, then go hire a top person to manage it. Matt, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you want to first just give us an overview of when you founded Origin and what you were doing initially, because I know sometimes it changes as we grow. Yeah, absolutely. So Origin is a financial planning company. We offer personalized financial planning to employees as an employee benefit. So really cool offering for the companies that we work with. All their employees get access to one-on-one financial planning, an awesome platform to really handle the difficult things related to finance. So all those tough questions, you're not going to be able to figure out on your own. And if you're on the internet, what to do with your money, your 401k, your investments, your stock options, your taxes, we handle all that for for employees. And we started the company uh, about three years ago now. Really cool. How big are you now in terms of maybe employees or how much you've raised just to give our audience kind of a benchmark? Yeah. So we've got 150 employees now. Uh, crazy to think we had about 20 at the start of COVID and we've raised about $70 million. So we're, we're growing quickly. Um, and I think that's been reflected in the fact that uh, we're solving a very significant problem for the people who we work with. We work with Employees who are kind of sub that private wealth management level where they're making between 50 and $250,000 a year. So these are folks who they, they want to retire at some point. They want to help uh, their kids with their, with their education. They'd like to buy a home, take a vacation, do all the things that we aspire to do as hardworking individuals. But they're not at the wealth level yet where Goldman Sachs is knocking on the door or JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley Wealth Managers. And so they don't have that access to the really uh, insightful direction around how to make that paycheck and that money go further. Oh, that's, that's so good. Well, tell us some of the early growth stories you've had. You've obviously hit some incredible growth in three years to 150 employees and $70 million raised. Is there a specific story that we could laser in on and kind of pull apart? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that the, the, the thing that I think about when starting this company or other companies that have started is run towards the pain of your, of your customer. So what is the biggest thing that you can take off their plate? And in the early days, you, know, you, you have a number of key theses around that. And I think that solving those problems oftentimes in ways that don't scale is the fastest way to start growing your company quickly. So what are the things that we can test oftentimes in a hyper manual way, not profitably, uh, very labor intensive, but that allows you to quickly understand the pain points that you're solving and run through a number of those quickly. And so for us, what we found was that 
all these employees, uh, particularly on the coast in the United States and internationally, were being compensated with stock options. And stock options are these awesome things. When they go well, people become wealthy very, very quickly. It's probably the fastest way for folks to, you know, build wealth uh, in in a in you know a traditional corporate environment. But the trouble is that that form of compensation is very confusing. You have ISOs, NSOs, vesting dates, cliffs, AMT, tax considerations, where you where you live when the stock vests, and where you are when you sell it. These are tons of complexities that no one was really solving for employees outside of that executive suite. And our, our customers, the HR buyer, really was struggling with that problem because they have this amazing form of compensation that they're giving to folks and then folks earn it and they go, well, wait a second, we don't understand how this works. We don't understand the implications of what it means for me. And then what are the tax strategies that we can employ to maximize what we're earning? So that was kind of the first like big bet that we went after. And it's much more challenging than, robo-advisory or a banking account or some of these run-of-the-mill services. And we said, well, we can do those things in due time, but let's really run towards the pain of our buyer. And that has pulled us forward so much more quickly because it developed just super happy customers. We're taking a huge lift off their plate. There's really strong word of mouth, really strong references. And so, um, you know, for this company and companies that I start you know, thereafter, I think that that's kind of the mantra that I think about, like, how do we solve the pain? I don't care how long it takes to solve it. Like, let's do that. And that's going to result in a happy customer. That's going to last grow really quickly. Absolutely. I mean, I got a couple of questions, but first, where were you when you realized that, Hey, this thesis is validated? Was there something that had just happened before where you finally were like, we've gotten enough data? You know, we were talking to our customers about kind of the, the non-super painful things like, oh, we can help them with their investments or we can help them with their retirement or we'll help them with their insurance. And, you know, I think there was a broad agreement that um, that these things were difficult for employees and they, that they could do a better job with them. But I think when we started to get, you know, the, the we call the no, the no answers around, um, you know, problems that people had. So like a question would be like, do you think your employees have a good handle on equity? And it was just like, absolutely not. Like, no, they don't get it at all. And you're like, well, tell me more. How do you know that? And well, well, they come to us with these questions. It takes us hours to answer them. And we started to develop the thesis around that and really just dig into that with, you know, a broader base of customers. And we just, you know, that kind of rose to the top is the resounding issue that these folks had on a day in day out basis. And so that was kind of the, the, the feature set that we've really laser focused into, um, and so I think it was kind of a, a gradual discussion, but as we started to get more kind of clarity with these no questions, like, do your employees struggle with, with investments? Like, yeah, yeah, I think they do a little bit. And it's like, okay, that's not the problem we're going to solve, right? You know, do they struggle to set a budget? Yeah, I think they could do a better job with that. Okay, also, that's not the one we want to solve. Do your employees understand taxes around equity? Hell no. Okay, great. Let, let's figure that out. Um, and when we started to hear that more consistently, it became kind of a, a, you know, a very obvious thing for us to solve for. I love it. Tell us about the first time you got a customer, that first customer. And maybe if you can mention who it was, that's fine if you can or can't. But just like, let's zoom into that. I want to understand that. Yeah, so I think, you know, the... Um, I don't think that I'm, I'm at liberty to share who it is, but I think the way that I thought about it was like our first large organic customer that we got. I think there was a ton of businesses around us that I had known from, you know, my previous entrepreneurial efforts that were willing to just learn and grow with us that were great. But I think, you know, the first one, it's a roughly 5,000 person public company. Uh, and it was really our first foray into the market that we've seen a lot of success in. 
Um, and you know, I was just, I, I am proud of that moment today because I felt like it was the first time we had arrived as a company and it was like, okay, cool. Like people are willing to pay us to solve this problem that they have and that their employees face. And it was a culmination of kind of building a solution around, you know, that equity problem and broader kind of compensation issues that companies had. And I think that, you know, when you take the time to figure out what that pain point is that you want to solve, you make the big bet. And then you bring that to market and it's validated in the form of kind of a net new significant contract. That's when the whole team is just like, this is our time. You know, this is the business we want to build and solving this is going to have really big implications for, you know, employees everywhere. So that was one that, you know, we landed probably 18 months ago now and has, has been one of our most successful customers to date. Um, and it's been interesting because the company um, has, you know, had, you know, ups and downs in terms of like their stock performance and the kind of the way the business has performed. And that, you know, right now, I think, you know, with what's going on in broader financial markets is really important where, you know, up until five months ago, the stock markets, particularly for high growth companies, were, were accelerating very quickly, right? So people were very affluent on paper. And then in the last six months, that has changed pretty significantly. And so now companies and employees are having very different conversations around compensation. Um, and I've been, you know, really proud to work with that initial customer through both of those phases where it was, you know, up into the right and then down to the right and really be a partner to them through that. It says a lot about your expansion opportunity within those customers or just the way that you're nurturing them. Is there anything you could talk about like impactful on growing that customer or customers like them? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we, we, again, we are solving um, money management problems for employees. Um, Compensation and income for 99% of the United States comes from the employer. And so money management is a joint issue for, for companies and employees. If, if, if employees are struggling with money, which they are, then it's a problem for the company, right? You have retention issues, you have recruiting issues, um, you have, uh, you have um, uh, issues with you know, people not being in the office and not being present. And so I think what we try to think about solving problems, what we really look for are those really mutually beneficial issues that we're able to uh, solve for companies. So like equity was the first big one that, you know, has been persistent. Uh, but there's other issues as well, where there's, you know, 25% of an employee's compensation is in the form of awesome benefits, health insurance, HSAs, FSAs, 401ks. And, and unfortunately, many, uh, many employees leave a significant amount of income on the table because they don't fully understand these things and they don't understand how they weave into their individual financial plan. And so those are the problems that we're really focused on right now and really kind of taking a look at wealth management a little bit differently, which historically has occurred after the paycheck. So like your wealth manager doesn't care what happens until the money's in the bank. And then they're going to help you make the most of kind of that post-tax uh, dollar amount. What, what do we do with it? We said, well, I think for, for America generally, not the top 1%, for the 99%, that story needs to start much sooner. It starts with all the benefits that you're receiving because that's a really significant part of your compensation. So we've attacked that problem. And, and that's also been really beneficial to our customers because companies are paying so much money for these amazing benefits. But if the employees don't understand them and know how to use them, there's a total mismatch in the value and the understanding of that value between the company and the employee. And so by explaining these things to them and showing them how to utilize them and working them directly into their financial financial picture, the employee's much better off. And the company's very excited because now the employee's like, okay, you know, I work at uh, Google 
And yes, I'm making X, but I'm also getting Y through all these amazing programs and offerings that they're offering to me. Um, and so that's been a big expansion point for us as we've looked at more of these kind of, you know, mutually beneficial opportunities to uh, improve that experience for the employee and the employer. Yeah. Just taking that step back and seeing the other jobs that are being solved within that. I'm actually curious because it seems like you have a really neat challenge because you have the customer that you're selling to, which is like a Zendesk or an enterprise, and then you have their employees and you could sell to Zendesk, but if you can't get the employees to use it, then that's a problem. So is there anything you could talk about, like some learnings from that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, like we, I think when we look at the problem, it's if we're not solving a problem for our buyer, um, you know, we're not going to get the distribution that we're looking for. And, and that's, you know, just the reality thing of any, of any product, especially in kind of a, a business where there's an intermediary. If you can't solve the intermediaries issue, then you're not going to be able to deliver value to that, to that downstream user. Um, and that was something that we, we realized very early on and kind of why we highlighted, you know, the equity and the benefits component of this, because we knew that those were kind of those mutually beneficial problems. And if you don't solve those, you're not going to be able to solve, you know, many of the other issues that are downstream and aren't necessarily tied back to that employer. And that was something that we, you know, it took us a little bit of time to kind of figure out that dynamic and how critical that was to solve. Um, and today, when we think about these problems, it's really kind of in that joint problem perspective, because ultimately what we're talking about now is what's the, what's in it for the employer? What's the ROI to offering not only the benefit of origin, but really any benefit at all, right? Unless the company is mandated to do it, they're doing it because they want to have people who are more productive, who love their job and are more productive when they come to it. And obviously, if those three things are true, oftentimes people will stay longer. And in this labor market, recruiting is very challenging, but getting people to stay is just as hard. And so if we can show that our product has those benefits because we're showing the value of the employee's compensation and we're helping them make more of that, well, now the company's heavily incented to offer a program like this. Um, so it's definitely something that we think about frequently, but it is a little bit unique, right? Because there are other things that we could do that directly impact the employer, you know, helping them directly with tooling to let's say make an offer to a candidate or, or figure out what to offer to a candidate. Those are really big pain points for companies, but they're not mutually beneficial. They're not necessarily impacting that downstream user. And so we've really tried to narrow our gaze into the products that are going to be mutually beneficial for the buyer uh, and the end user. Got it. Well, I have two more questions and then I'll let you go. So the, the second one, the next one is what's your best go-to-market channel this has evolved through time. Uh, and I think it, 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 it really, the, the evolution for us was uh, credibility. So when we first entered the market, there, um, there's, you know, this is going to be obvious, but there's many types of vendors that service a company to help them with payroll benefits, 401k, you know, a number of different things. And those in our mind are great potential partners for us. But on day one of the company, they're going to look at, you know, an origin and say, well, you're unproven. We don't feel comfortable putting you in front of our client because we don't, we don't know enough about you. You don't have a track record that's going to make us feel comfortable opening that door in that relationship. So for the first year plus of the company, it was really us going out and telling our own story in a direct, in a direct fashion. Um, I think the, you know, as our story has developed and we've emerged as the leading vendor for, you know, financial wellness and personalized financial planning, we've seen more partners reach out to us with the interest of saying, hey, 
you are offering a service that's very tangential to what we do. Let's say it's an insurance company or a benefits broker. We'd love to bring you in and get you in front of our clients. And they're doing that now because they know that the client base is looking for this type of service. And we've done a really nice job with the clients that we have. And so they feel very comfortable you know, partnering with us in that way. And so we've seen the mix of our business really shift from purely that direct channel uh, into more of a partnerships approach through a multitude of, of uh, types of businesses that ultimately provide services to an employer. Um, so, you know, a big obvious one are, are benefit brokers. These are folks who are uh, helping and advising companies as to what health insurance, dental vision they should be getting. And really in, in that capacity, they're advising them on their entire benefits program. And so we've slotted in really nicely into those relationships. Um, but, you know, again, it, it shifted. And I imagine that as we grow, it'll, it'll shift again. So really always trying to think about who are the natural partners that can benefit from offering origin that, that we of course would benefit from as well. Ah, man, that's so good. Last question. What's your superpower as a founder? I think that my superpower as a founder is, is being resilient. So I, you know, I think that when you look at these startups and you look at, you know, if you Google my company right now, there's, you know, I don't know, a number, a handful of articles about us that make it seem like we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, I think that all the stuff that happens in between those articles is what ultimately, you know, determines whether the company will be successful or not. And the vast majority of it is, you know, very difficult, uh, not fun, uh, really tough customer problems. And uh, that's one thing I wish that, you know, the media kind of covered more frequently is, how much of this stuff is just grinding it out, like no glory, no, you know, front page in the news, just plugging away at it, staying true to why you started the company and just no matter what, being steadfast in, in your vision to do that by, while also being really flexible in the way that you're going to get there. Um, and that's something that, you know, we definitely embodied at my first company and that we embody at Origin is just, you know, be consistent, plug away, know that there will be a lot of adversity and expect it. Uh, and that makes kind of the tougher things a lot easier because that's just, you know, that's just a part of business and uh, that served us really well. Boom. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for Startups and our free offer, please check out our website at zendesk.com startups.